Hello, friends. We are gearing up to record another episode of Fantasy Pants Unzipped, our little uh, behind-the-scenes Q&A show. So if you have any questions about the show or any of our deep, dark, personal secrets, uh, hit us up on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You can find us all there at Fantasy Pants Pod. Thanks so much. talk about top of the show oh my god no oh <laughs> excellent because we've got mail. mail oh whoa look at that all right i didn't think about this but i need like a knife or something <laughs> more technical difficulties no 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 it's all right i think all i got right. it we got it it's got those big strong sasquatch hands oh wait a minute i should probably read what was supposed to be in here as Ooh. a letter you First. are really struggling with well, that. Well, it's like the it's like this tape that's really strong sideways. Here, you try it while I pull up the, right. the thing to read. I just gotta watch. This is fun. Uh, so this this package is from our friend at uh, Hooli Forge. Look, five seconds. I got it. Yeah, I opened it. That is the most time. inept. You loosened looking... it. <laughs> it just ripped the fucking box. It's not even open. <laughs> <laughs> it's open. All right. Oh, look. So, it's just a crater ripped into it. So after the package was sent, um, he sent me a, a message and said, so I found my notes to each of you left forgotten on the shelf. Ha! Um, so he sent me the, uh, what he said, to David. Oh, that's me. Yes. From. Uh, wait, wait. To David. This is a first. This <laughs> yeah. is a fancy pants first. I. I. I was kind of looking forward to you not getting anything in this package, to be personally. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I knew it was going to be in it. And, uh, and I was like, oh, man, that's going to be so great for David to get shunned again. <laughs> and, then, and then the message came. In. It was very, very nice. Very honestly, you're a much better person than I am. Uh, t- for David, from one cider drinker to another... May this rail spike bottle opener serve you well. Thank you for running such a fun story to listen to. 
Oh, So what? let me pull that out. Give me that. Give me that. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it too long. <laughs> no, you're right. This is hard. Mm-hmm. Everybody's shitting on Steven. Oh, I'm going to skip shit. Look at this. And. What? Oh, that is so cool. And I went to the beer store and I got you a bottle of cider to open. I don't think I've ever used a bottle opener. Just don't do it over (laughs) your laptop. Okay. Hang on. Let's try to. Hang on. Don't don't do it over the floor either. I don't want cider, Danny. Did you hear it? Did you hear that? I heard it. Oh, all right. Holy Forge. Thank you, sir. That's good. Yo, let me see that thing real fast. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this thing is amazing. Look at that. That looks so cool. Yeah, that's a hefty boy right there. That thing's excellent. Dude. Yeah, that is that is incredible. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, and uh, this one is for Jeremy. Knowing nothing, oh, knowing nothing of musical theory of any kind, I attempted to make a pick of steel. I don't know if this can be used or if it what? alters the sound in any way, but my what? touch mark is in the corner of one side, so you can flip it like a coin if nothing else. Holy shit. Um, as it can be used for decision making, I call it the pick of minor destiny <laughs> and bestow it upon you. All right, let's find the pick of minor destiny. Oh, that is in here. fantastic. That is so cool. Oh, that's... oh my God. There you are. This is incredible. Let's see if I have as much trouble as David opening this. <laughs> you know, I have scissors in the next room. These, these are really nice little, um, they are. Little packages. They really are. I have to go grab scissors. I can't even get this started. I like how the packages say Zebulon Black, Jules LaRoche, and Cider Friend DM David. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so special. Yeah, you are special, David. <laughs> I'm glad you finally got something. Well, I'm, I, it's worth the wait. <laughs> That's the only thing you're going to get. I know. <laughs> Holy shit. That's cool. That is awesome. That is a hefty-ass pick. That is so fucking cool. Damn. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep, and there's this punch mark up there. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Heads or tails, baby. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Whoa. That is so incredible. Oh, yeah. That is rad. All right. And lastly, uh, Steven. Wait, I, should I read yours to you? I mean, I've already read it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I purchased these actual bone dice from the venue where I got married. I left them out in the light of a full moon overnight and put them in a place of honor at the forge while I made Jules pick so that mm, Selune may guide your heart and Moradin may guide your steel. May your rolls never fail your needs. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> We're rolling bones, boys. Oh, We're rolling shit. bones. Someone wants Zebulon Let's to see live. These. No way. Oh, man. So I got 4d6 here. These things are cool as hell. I'll pass these around. Check these out. Oh, my I God. I love that. That's like the sneak attack die now. Holy huh? shit. Yeah, Whoa. he was. Well, that's what he was saying to me. He was like, oh, man, you could use those for your sneak attack die. That's incredible. That's so wild. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked for these. Hell, yeah. Damn. So, uh... That was one hell of a package. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, and we're we're definitely gonna post pictures of uh, of all this stuff, especially that cool ass bottle opener. Absolutely. And uh, and Hooli Forge sells those on his Etsy page, so we're gonna link that stuff and and check them out. Yeah, hell really yeah, cool that's stuff. It's insanely cool. Uh, and you can just really see the the the, the handcrafted, the handiwork. It's 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 something else. Yeah, it is and, dwarven. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> he's got some videos up on his Instagram page of. 
uh, you know, parts of him making stuff. It's really fascinating. Sweet. Yeah, very cool stuff. Hell yeah. Well, I'm glad you had something. Because, uh, man, what a pretty bad, <laughs> sad opener if you didn't pull that out. Starting the, <laughs> starting the night on a high note. We are. We are. We can only go down from here, and we certainly, certainly will. Oh, and I can't let David drink alone. <laughs> Same. Well, thank you. Cheers, Uli Forge. Cheers. Now, as we get started, I have one more uh, high note to deliver to you guys. So, we talked about it last time, but uh, it wasn't quite ready yet. And the world wasn't quite uh, moved on to the point where you could get your pay for these last two missions, actually, uh, as you found a sponsor at the end of Subsunko, but it was a pretty new sponsor. I couldn't really justify you making money off of them yet as they were just barely getting moving. Uh, Pepper had just gone back to the world to sort of take over the stand. So I fronted you the 200 gold that I intended to give you uh, from Jean Franklin, which you'll owe him back. But now God's Breath has also been completed. And where we stand now, we'll say a little over a week has passed since we ended our last episode. And before we get into what you guys have been doing in that downtime, let's talk about the money that you're raking in. Oh yeah, baby. Music to my ears. <laughs> Show me the money. So I have one million tabs open right now. That means your computer should be on fire. <laughs> That's why the internet's so shitty. <laughs> you're taking all the internet! <laughs> so I have a little system in this campaign where basically you'll get a set flat amount for the adventures you do. Um... You know, kind of based on what, what you make from the, the book, but probably a little bit undercut because there are other ways that money's going to come in. So basically, you go out, you do cool adventures, you become cool luminaries, and you have a sponsor just by merit of you going out and doing stuff, getting known, um, um, accomplishing quests, you're going to make some money. Um, that sponsor's going to get hit because people are getting to know your names. But you're also going to accrue bonuses if you bring back footage of particularly cool things you do and have them played on the network. So, as it stands, 200 gold was your base gain from Subsunko. 300 gold was going to be your base gain from God's Breath. But, you gained an extra 100 gold for bringing back the footage of Tythos, recovering that from Rune, and handing it off to Orin. Nice. Sweet. You won two games on Subsunko and got the footage. 50 gold each for those two wins. You had footage, I didn't mention it before, of the Pangolin save... Uh, basically taking up those con men, and uh, I think Zebulon posed some pangolins. It was real goofy, but that was a known broadcast that Orn mentioned. If you were shown there, then hey, the uh, the folk who helped Emrath to save the day have now been unveiled. That sounds about right. 50 gold. Hey. You got footage saving Gammon Zangoon from the fire. Mm. 50 gold. Nice. You got footage fighting the rattlesnake in God's Breath. That's going to be worth 100 gold. And you got footage fighting the coyotes on God's breath. Yeah. That is another 100 gold. So that is a total of 500 gold base and 500 gold extra from nice. footage. Holy you gain 1,000 gold to split amongst your party. Oh, yeah. That is fantastic. I love it. feels a little weird to gain 100 gold from filming the uh, collapse of an entire planet. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess we can capitalize <laughs> off that. from tragedy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't want it. <laughs> right. Is that not the most Hollywood thing? <laughs> oh, very yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the system now. You're playing the game. That, sound, that sounds very Homelander-ish. <laughs> yeah. 
you're playing the game and you guys are good at it. So let me ask you, you've had a little time, maybe this gold came in, you got a note from Peppers Peppers just thanking you profusely for the opportunity, saying business has been booming, he's running wild trying to keep up, uh, but he's loving the work, loving the farming. Uh, he took right over the fields, the, uh, the community has welcomed him with open arms, and Peppers Peppers is doing great, especially after that Pepper. last announcement. Good for Pepper. <laughs> yeah, he held him out. He didn't have to. He was like a thug that was hired to beat you up, and then you turn around, turn his life around. I know, but the name just sells the business. <laughs> it's just like a pun. A pun changed his whole character's life. <laughs> and so there you have it. You have this money. Do you want to spend it on anything before this big day starts? Um, I didn't have a whole lot that I wanted to buy. Um, I was going to buy a couple pairs of manacles. Those are just two gold apiece. Uh, I was going to buy, I think I have one already, Potion of Healing. Let me you do check. have one, yes. Okay, I, I think I'll just pick up a second Potion of Healing. And um, since we've seen Poison so much in this adventure already, it's a, a bit of a big buy, but I was going to buy a dose of Antitoxin. Ooh. Ooh. That's just, a great idea. Just to have, just in case... Um, 50 gold. So, considering, you know, considering we, we just gained a thousand, that's, that's not insignificant. So, that's, uh, that's it for, for Zebulon. Hell yeah. All right. And Jules, what about you? No, I don't think he's interested in anything just yet. Um, are we, are we splitting the gold evenly or are we keeping one big pool? Um, I think, I think we should split it up. Okay. Pay uh, pay Jean back and you then, pay him yep. back. Good, good. Because right. pale moonlight costs a lot of money, and you do not want Jean Franklin <laughs> moving into the ugly coyote with you. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, yeah. Okay. So what? That that leaves us eight hundred. So we each get four. Four hundred. Yeah, and I think I'm going to give two hundred to Chester. That's nice of you. Um, I'm going to give two hundred to him. That's very to, nice of you to use. Whatever he needs it for, either him or the the family at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess you could say right. it's, like it's, it's for, it's for the, everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. Hell yeah! Whose stomach just growled? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that this thing picks up what my stomach does so well. Oh god, that's awesome. <laughs> so, any other antics you want to get up to before we uh, move forward in time? I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want. I don't want to throw you guys around too, too much. Your, 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 your world, your story. You want to do some wild, wacky shit? You tell me. Look I mean, at that wild, wacky shit. You said any other antics? I don't. We we haven't anticked yet. <laughs> <laughs> you spent money. It's antics. I don't know. Um. Geez. Now I feel like. Now I feel like there have to be antics. Since you're prompting sex antics. Manacles. Yeah. No, not sex manacles. <laughs> antics enough no i think yeah i don't think jules has gotten into any antics i think he's just been hanging out at home okay and he's i mean he's very focused on continuing the the mission and what we're trying to do zebulon that actually makes me wonder how, how have you been i mean like i know last time you'd finally achieved the fame you've been looking for your entire life and basically just had the rug pulled out from under you you your first uh, foray into the adoring public was one that was fraught with with just sorrow and, and, and anxiety, and you didn't really get to appreciate it. And what what is it like in the following days? Because the the hype does not die down. If you step on the streets, people go nuts. People ask for your autograph. People are trying to shake your hand. What what does that what does that look like? Yeah, I, I think uh, 
not I think. At first, um, once Zebulon gets back from his brother's apartment, he just wants to hide away. He doesn't want to participate in the fame. Um, he's not. He's not grateful for it. So I'd say, I think maybe the maybe the next day, um, once the the shock is done and over with, Zebulon tries to go out and uh, and talk to people. He 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 wants to get out and experience what it's like to be famous. So he does it after a day or so, and it just maybe isn't what he was expecting, or it doesn't it doesn't feel right. He's trying to participate. He's trying to benefit, but it's falling flat right now. Wow. Huh. Wow. Yeah, it's just a lot of fake smiles and waving and damn. Yeah, fake smiles. I like that. That's rough, buddy. And so the days pass, and you find yourselves moving down the road, or up the road, I say, up the coil of the serpent from the ugly coyote towards the sort of upper end of the trading discal where the great iron gates that open up into the Aurora Diamond itself, into the heart of the Citadel, await you. And as you move, and people on the side of the streets... <laughs> Do you mind, sir? <laughs> Dear Lord. Lord Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Zebulon realizes he was too excited and he skipped breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) And you see, like, people lining the road on both sides, uh, cheering you on, waving you forward, children just, like, running up to you and parents kind of holding them back. You know, it's just this, like, this, this grand march. And you see this roaring crowd. The second you kind of come in view of it, you just hear this applause. People hundreds of them just cheering you on. Jules, you look up the road from there, and while they're not like in the main sort of crowd, you see a lot of the low city folk of Tythos. Your people are standing out watching with teary eyes and fists raised to the air. And you move into the embrace of the crowd through them towards the sort of great open plaza. Zebulon, while she doesn't uh, jump into the festivities herself, uh, she does not leave her home. I think you peek over at Xena's cottage or Xena's sort of manor and you see like from an open window at the top fire belching out to the sky Aww. and then and Xena's like waving you oh on my like God. Sunderland! 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 She's so screaming. sweet. Adorable. She's the sweetest. Oh my she? God. Oh, it is. It is a raucous party. The gates are closed the moment and standing before them smiling a huge smile. Storyteller Oren, Cully Sr., but at least in front of the crowds, he's gone back to his old name. Well, his old new name. New old name? I don't care. His familiar name. <laughs> <laughs> um, he stands, you know, sort of a, a number of shield bearers have kind of lined up to keep the crowds sort of backed away. Shield bearers who tend to glare in your direction, Zebulon, as you move by. Both of you, really. The shield bearers? It feels like we have fewer and fewer allies here on the Citadel. Yeah. And what do you do? Crowds are starting the cheers to die down. Everyone goes quiet, watching as you step forward. Do you have anything you want to say in this moment? Or do you want to go right to Orin? 
I don't think Jules says anything. I think he's just very... He's, he's used to being known, and he's just he's still got his game face on. Like, it, it, it just doesn't phase him. He's just still internally focused on what we're trying to do. Damn, you really put me on the spot here. <laughs> That's what I'd do. Um, all right, yeah. As, uh, as the crowd quiets down and they get up towards Oren, uh, Zeb will turn around. And, and just simply put his arms out and say to the crowd, Thank you, Radiant Citadel! cheers. You get a clap on the back from Oren behind you as, you as you turn away from him. Just like a... <laughs> yeah. Just like laughing. Um, you actually hear another voice kind of breaking out from behind the crowd like, Hey, move it! I... He's, uh, as Sean Franklin pushes his way through and starts running through the crowd. Uh, uh, you're in the way. Uh, ah, he runs over to you. Sorry, I uh, I overslept. Those cozy fucking beds at the pale moonlight. They're incredible. You Fuck would not believe ah! <laughs> Must be easy when you're sleeping on that goose down. <laughs> um, he takes a look around. And he's, where is Chester? We ought to be signed up as sidekicks. He should be here. What? Is he, is he late too? Chester's taking care of some business at home. All right, but he needs to be here to sign up as a sidekick. You understand this, right? He won't get the full umbrella permissions that you, we get if he's not here. Yeah, not yet. Chester's not going to sign up right now. What? What? In in time. You're never telling me anything. Fine, fine. Very well. Uh, we don't need him anyway, right? Right? You spent so much time on that feather bed of yours that you've been missing out on all the news. I mm-hmm. deserved it. After God's breath. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Put that behind us. The wonders of Aurora Town awaits. And uh, I think he just like looks forward, just, just staring at Cully excitedly. Oren, Cully. I, it's going to be so hard to fix that. Mm-hmm. Uh, says Oren excitedly, who just like looks around everybody the crowd's sort of still farther away still watching quietly and uh he just looks at you guys and sort of speaking more more uh you know in a lower voice so it's not carrying to everybody just (sighs) y'all ready for this this is exciting stuff yeah this is uh i think it's pretty terrifying more than exciting let's just do the thing yeah yeah i mean there's a couple things we gotta go over real quick but First of all, how, how's Kiana doing? I mean to get by, I really do, but I, I saw she's been painting, right? That's, that's something good. She's safe and appears to be happy. Good, good, yeah. I mean, I want to bring her into a rural town where I, where I live, but it's, uh, it's kind of a lot there, you know? All the politics and all that. It's best she stays out of it. And I know God's breath and the ugly coyote, they're one and the same and in a lot of ways, a lot of respects, you know? I know Ada would take care of her. Well, it's, it's nice having people her own age, and, and, and the paintings I like, they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. Oh, that's awesome. Well, anyway, same time for that, right? I think it's time we show you what's going on inside. Now, you ever been inside the preserve? I know you got family there, Zebulon, but I know it's also pretty restricted. I'm not sure if Shola ever bent the rules for you, and I'll tell you that she did not. You have never been inside the diamond itself. Yeah, Sholei and Rules, um, no, I've, I haven't, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Trying to decide, do you want to uh, roll to see if you know anything about it, or do you want to just go in fresh? Do you think your characters would know anything about it? Uh, well, I mean, do you think Shole would have told us anything about it? Possibly. Want to roll history about it? Yeah, let's roll history. Yeah, about it. I, All right. I, I, th- I think there's probably a chance that Jules knows something about it, given, you know, given his family history. Influential family, yeah, so. absolutely. What did you say, history? Yes. That is a six. <laughs> She might have told you. You forgot. That you, uh, tracks. That tracks. You forgot a lot of things, Zebulon. Ah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I was two less than Zebulon. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, it's all actually kind of a wild mystery to you. You don't know much about anything. Even the word Aurora Town being thrown around, you're not really sure what this means. So I think uh, Orin just nods, taking this in. All right, then. Let's go. Just raise his hands up. Uh, both to like get the crowd going wild and also as sort of a signal as you hear something you go that's how you open the doors well someone saw that and I, I didn't I didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> is it like that all over rural town just raise your hands up and... yeah uh, sure <laughs> yeah that was beautiful <laughs> The doors swing open, and I think you're immediately hit with, like, you're, you're close now. Maybe close than you've ever been before to, like, the open doors. Um, the shield bearers sort of blocking people off even more. Some folks almost admit they want to, like, push against them to rush towards to see the inside. You hear birdsong. You smell flowers and, and grass, and immediately facing you as you turn into the doors, just like a lush green, almost like a forest. A grassy floor and a forest path moving through this this absolutely immaculate scene. You can't make out much beyond the trees. They're thick. But there is light somewhere ahead. And Orin just waves you in. Go on. You go first. All right. Zebulon steps through. Yeah. And you, you step through thick, thick walls of diamond. As you move in here, a strange thing. Uh, you, you feel the doors behind you close. And all sounds of cheering crowds on the outside are drowned out entirely. And you are standing in the midst of this forest. Iron doors to your back. And as you look up, you see that the walls of diamond around you have taken on a very different form. On the outside, it was just this pulsing, glowing, sort of yellow light. Bringing sort of day to the surrounding fossil, to the citadel. But on the inside, you see sky. You see sky sort of uh, uh, cracked and broken by the sort of uh, natural facets and lines of the diamond around you, but it is a fake sky. You feel a a fake breeze rustling the trees above, above you, pressing on your skin and scales. And you look down towards the opening in the trees, towards the point of light ahead and I take it you move forward yeah Yeah. definitely let's go you begin to move down passing by trees approaching that light until you step out and you see for the first time truly see the preserve of the ancestors I want to ask you this real quick what do you expect the inside of the auroral diamond the heart of the citadel to look like I think Jules expects it to look like paradise, but it's also a tainted paradise to him. 
I think I think he, you know, visually he sees it as a quote unquote paradise, but it doesn't give him it gives him an uneasy feeling. Wow. Wow. I don't know. Maybe I'm way off at left field. I kind of expect it to look like um, like a segmented sort of like a cross section of like an orange or something where each wedge is like a different uh, like a different biome where there's like this beautiful oh. green lush forest then maybe there's more like a desert sort of setting mm-hmm. and like an arctic setting oh holy shit alright hang on a second you are both getting a button Ooh. because both your responses are incredibly close All right. to the oh, truth whoa really whoa. oh yeah no way. You step out onto this jutting out sort of face of a cliff. You see there are stairs to the west that seem to spiral down, switch backing down and down and down into a vast land below. What strikes you, first and foremost, is the absolute enormity of what you see before you. You see this absolutely stunning amalgamation of every biome, from every world that you could imagine. <laughs> you stand on a cliff, and as you stand there, you see like there's a great sort of light beaming down from the uh, west side of this great space. And I'm talking like there are the citadel itself on the outside is probably not even a mile uh, you know, wide, the, the the world diamond, and yet on the inside you see miles and miles of terrain. You see sun beams down from the west, shining on this like large ocean covered in this tropical island. You see where it hits the coast. It becomes a beach, which becomes desert dunes, which becomes stony, sort of rough wastelands, which becomes a a frozen tundra as it hits the colder, sort of darker west side, or east side of this open space. And then from there, moving into another glacial bay, you see waterfalls uh, seeming to appear out of the facets of the diamond itself, the water coming from nowhere and spraying down, dropping far and far off into these oceans, into into small rivers and lakes. You see as the land moves farther and farther away from you, it, it rises up and becomes more lush. You see the deserts before you now, which turns into like the rolling hills and grasslands of God's breath, into open savannas, into swamps and wetlands, into temperate forests and tropical forests, into lakes, and at the very edge where it rises up, you see volcanoes in one corner under the heat, fading into tropical sort of uh, forested mountains, becoming more temperate mountains, becoming arid stony mountains like those of Tythos, becoming these icy frozen over peaks, jagged and tall. You see all of this. And you see something strange that doesn't quite fit. Sort of right in the center of it all, you see a great river runs between the two oceans. And just on the coast of that river, which sort of crosses uh, uh, sort of diagonally through this land and the space. Right in the middle, of where, right where the savannah sort of blends into temperate forests. There is a number of these strange crystalline towers. They almost remind you of the towers of Tythos. Just these strange sort of diamond structures jutting up from the ground and this sort of light is pouring off in this multicolored light almost like spotlights running around shining across this this strange city in the midst of all this wonder and nature you see in the middle of it there's some gigantic like amphitheater also made of that same diamond just standing out amongst all this you can hear booming sounds coming from there some noise pollution what would otherwise be this absolute paradise and you stare down at all of this Orin is behind you 
arms crossed, just watching your expressions, watching your reactions. Wow, well, I guess... I guess that's where we're going, huh? Yeah, it looks like the nice and safe and sound down there. Now, I know it's off-putting, but... Aurora Town ain't so bad. And, uh... It's actually a lot more easy than you think to get there. He kind of gestures over, and you actually see, like, where this cliff you're standing on, it, it moves off to the uh, to the western side. Um, like I said, the, the, the stone steps are moving off to the east. Could be wrong. Anyway, on the side opposite of the stairs, you see this, like, sort of standing, a few, like, like gigantic doors also made of, of these, uh, the same sort of diamond, this, this sort of door frame structures just standing in the middle of this rock. Zebulon throws his arms up in front of the doors. <laughs> Of um, course. It's, uh... Nope. Uh, that's not how, <laughs> that's not how that it, works. tries it again. There's nothing wrong with this one. Uh, as you're kind of doing that, you see one of them flickers to light. Uh, maybe there's, like, some, some mages nearby. They're kind of, like, pressing on the edges of these structures, running fingers down, sort of this uh, arcane script that runs down each side. And it's almost very similar to the Conquer Jewels. They whisper some some words quietly to activate, and you see, like, this white light filled with like a just modeled various colors like all the colors of the rainbow uh, fills the space and a couple people just kind of appear from the light and uh, sort of chit-chatting with each other sort of move past you uh, leaving the uh, the preserve out the way you just came and uh, do we assume that these are just other luminaries um, or, or, or do other people have business in here you could ask um. Hey, Orin, are those are those other luminaries or who who else comes and goes around here? Oh yeah, no, no, they ain't luminaries. You'll know when there's luminaries. Uh, no, these are uh the staff for the uh, Crystal Network. Now, uh, let me let me explain a little bit to you here. Those uh those gates will teleport you right down to a rural town. That's that bit down there. I'm show you show you a spot of it. Doesn't quite fit in with the rest. Now. That, uh, that big one there, that big building there you see in the middle, that sort of theater, that's the meeting chambers for the speakers. And all the surroundings are, are homes for the speakers and their staff, as well as studios for, you know, offices for, like, talent, workers, overseers of the network. You know, I myself live down there, and that's where I work. That's where my show is filmed and sent out. Um, there are some luminaries down there, too, that live there full time. It's, it's expensive uh, to get there, to get homes down in the royal town. But uh, as you can see, it's, it's prime property. Once you get your passport, you'll be allowed here regularly. Whenever you want, you can come on in. So, Oren, what's, what's film? <laughs> it's a word. It's, it's a sort of strange term we use for the, the recording properties that the uh, oral diamond blesses to, uh, to diamonds. That, that you know, We come recording diamonds, and then you can film. You try to get some. You try to get me, boy. You try to get me, Carl. I ain't falling for your threat, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Um, so he just looks around like, yes, yeah, so this is, a, this is it. Um, there's one thing I should bring up with y'all, though. And uh, this is, I mean, basically optional. But I would recommend that you follow through on the usual stuff here. There is a bit of a ceremony that uh, luminaries go through before they get their status, right? Um, now, the speakers can't deny you your status. Not without causing a ruckus with the Concord Worlds. I mean, the luminary system is supposed to be free of any political bullshit. Uh, no favoritism of any particular worlds or folk. And that's why we managed to tie the speaker's hands a bit with our little announcement, right? Because now the worlds know who you are. And if they deny you, well, it's going to smell of corruption. So we got you there. But 
Even so, uh, all luminaries are generally encouraged to take part in a little, uh, little ceremony where you, you don't take the gates. You take the steps. You move down into the preserve proper. And you speak with the incarnates. Oh, yeah, we're absolutely doing that. Uh, question for you, Orn. Yeah, what's that? If we caught him with the pants down, what does that mean for you? Well, <laughs> I had some trouble on my end. They damn near stripped me of my, my show and everything. Which, hell, at this point, I got my family back. It's fine. I was ready. But the people raised a riot. I mean, letters came in. People were threatening to, to boycott the network, do all sorts of crazy shit. And uh, speakers came back. Let me keep my job as long as I'm better about what I uh, report on the show. There's definitely a little more oversight than there was before. But Not worried about any uh, future consequences? If they come, they come. Now, what you guys did for me, it's irreplaceable. I, uh... I still can't thank you enough. So it's fine. Whatever happens, it's fine. As long as you guys get yours. Well, we're, we're really sorry for the trouble. Don't be. Don't be sorry at all. But let's get back to business. Basically, how this is going to go is you're going to meet the Incarnate. You know what Incarnate is? You know this, right? You know, these guys want a little history? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fifteen. Natural one. Oh my god. Oh, I thought that was a seven. Damn. No, it's a one. What, is it seven? No, it's a one. <laughs> it's a one. Tough so, stuff. uh, uh, horse Shit. kicks you off the cliff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that door was closed. <laughs> it's Percy. Uh, so, suddenly my backup appears out of the forest. <laughs> um, okay. With that... Uh, Zebulon, Jules, you don't know anything. You, I mean, you no. you didn't know much about the network before all this and all all the mm. uh, stuff going on with the Citadel. Sure. Uh, you were pretty much raised to be a part of Tythos. Right. Um, and so you didn't really know much about what's happening outside of your world. Zebulon, however, you were raised here. Um, you know a lot about the Incarnates, and of course you do, because Sholei would have filled you in on them. Sholei personally knows them. Uh, when the Radiant Citadel was founded, and the gateways to all the worlds were reopened by Sholei at the end of her sort of grand adventure in the past, which which gave her the, the sort of position of power she has now. Um, she came to this Citadel, this great diamond, as it was seeming to be you know, going to drop into the Keenan gloom, like it was going to be absorbed, destroyed, you're not sure. And all the worlds were facing like dangerous crises that they, they couldn't really face on their own. Sholei seeking to find a way to save her world and Karin Sengar, as well as all the others entered the diamond, flew inside of it as it was about to fall, where she met the incarnates, these great gemstone beings. They take the form of animals uh, that basically are sort of like major animals on each of the worlds, each of the habitats that these worlds sort of uh, represent, uh, specifically in the area around where the Conquer Jewel lands, right? So, as you might guess, the ruby uh, uh, incarnate is a pangolin as is the incarnate of Subsunko. So they basically these sort of strange gemstone animals wander around this preserve. They uh, they give wisdom and insight to these speakers. And it used to be that they were kind of the major playing force behind a lot of things that happen here. While they've been less respected lately, um, matters like this might have been like you had to speak to the incarnates and only if you were approved could you become a luminary. That's been waived. Now it's just a, a sort of ceremony. 
It just makes you look better, feel cooler to do it. But their opinion isn't actually mattering anymore because the people of the worlds have demands and, and the incarnates can't really outweigh the populace. Hmm. That would be totalitarian in, in some regards. And these strange gemstone beings can't really speak for all the worlds like they used to. You know that the incarnates are... I'll say this, with 15, all you really know beyond that is that it is said the incarnates are basically ancient spirits embodying these gemstones, spirits that used to dwell in these various worlds and that hope to guide them to the best possible future. They are the overseers of this place. They are as old as the Auroral Diamond itself, older than Shole. And when she appeared, they gave her the instructions she needed to reawaken the Citadel. They know more about this this diamond than anyone else. Wow. Yeah, so start thinking about your big picture questions, I guess. Mm-hmm. We should have brought Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I, I was, I was curious. I was wanted to know how much Zebulon thought that pangolin was is worth. <laughs> At least ten gold. At least. <laughs> At least ten times. Ten. We know, we know, yeah, we know that's the bare minimum. Yeah. Giant ruby pangolin. At least ten gold. Mm. Ten times ten gold. <laughs> Um, so I think Warren will keep talking. All right, well, I mean, do you, do you fill him on what you know? Because he just asked what you knew. Uh, yeah. So you just tell him a little bit. He just nods along. All right, good, good. That's, that's good to know. Um, so how it normally works is most folks are going to meet the incarnate connected to their home world. But we got some strange situations here, right? Sabilon, you're not from any particular world, not from birth, but your bloodline is directly uh, tied to Anchor and Sengar, where Shole is from. Uh, for that, you'll want to seek out the turquoise lion. She'll be found in the region most like Anchor and Singar's climbing. So uh, it points down to these sort of desert dunes, actually very close to where you are. The first sort of major biome uh, you're going to reach at the base of these stairs. He points down there and says, somewhere in those dunes, you'll find it. That sounds really badass. Now, uh, Sean Franklin, another strange situation for you. You can choose to meet with Noiris Bastai Cayman. Or to go with the others. This, uh, this tradition's more for full luminaries than for their sidekicks, so it's uh, it's really your choice. I think he just nods. And jewels. Well, this is a... Hmm. This has all been kind of hush-hush. Hell, I didn't even know about this till this morning, but the Sapphire Wyvern and Tythos isn't taking visitors. Hasn't been for a while. And the Incarnates have been firm about this. No one is allowed to seek it out. No one's allowed to even enter the arid mountains out there, representing Tythos' structures. And you can see, like, yeah, like, like I said before, you can see that the one strip of the mountain range does look very similar to the uh, ranges that surrounded the city of Cerule, rich with gemstones. I love how he's like, now you're not allowed to go right over there. <laughs> see that over there? Not allowed to go there. You don't can't, do it. Don't, don't go there. Hey, don't do it, motherfucker. <laughs> what happens if I do? I... There could be trouble. I, I mean, look, even easier, right? We don't need to worry about that. I'm speaking around, and uh, if you want to just go with Zebulon here, meeting the turquoise lion, it's all we need. You'll be good to go. You all just can gather together, find the one incarnate, make your way up north, Tinseltown. I said the wrong. Th- I said the thing I'm making a pun of. Did you just say <laughs> Tinseltown? <laughs> it's staying in now. No, fucking don't, don't do it. No. <laughs> make your way up to up north to Aurora Town. Great, my. Simple brain is now revealed to the world. 
It's Hollywood, damn it! You, you can redo it. You can redo it if you want to. That's fine. Make you up north to a rural town. You just sad. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's usable. He's <laughs> just look at you guys. It's your choice. I, I can't join you on this. This is more supposed to be kind of a exploring it for yourself kind of deal. Self-discovery, all that. I did it once too, though. I mean, it was something else. Well, we haven't really gotten here going the easy route. So, Jean, don't don't come with me to see the turquoise lion just because that's what's easy. Do what's best for you. And Jules, I... I'm, I'm really confused. Like, Oren, is, is the wyvern even still alive? Has anybody seen it? I don't know. Is that uh, why they're not letting anybody go there? I gotta imagine the speakers looked into it. Someone looked into it, but no one said anything. Sometimes it's best not to get yourselves mixed up and shit. We just got the payoff for everything. Don't screw it up. Jules really wants to go. Yeah, I mean, like, low-key, Steven wants Jules to go. Yeah. But I also think it could fuck everything up. I think so, too. Okay. I'll say this. Jules will go with Zebulon, but Jules has every intention of going to the Wyvern. Holy shit. I don't know when or how, but he's going to get there. Okay. I'll say for Jean Franklin's part, he just kind of looks out and you see his face turns towards the more tropical region by the, uh, the edge of the coast of the sort of western ocean bay. He just nods and says, No. No, I have no real interest in speaking with the incarnate for my world. I have only one person to speak to, and that is the actual speaker for Noari, Onikanir. We have to have a discussion. And finally, finally, I'm here. Once we get to Aurora Town, I'm a loud audience. And there is much for me to discuss. You want to fill us in before you do anything crazy? In time. What I wouldn't give to be a fly on that wall. (laughs) I will join in with you, Zebulon. It is the fastest way to my goals, and so it is the best way to my goals. I I guess it's settled. Let's go see the... Let's go see the turquoise lion. Hell yeah. If y'all see the jasper pecan tree, say hi for me. What? Yep. Your speaker is a pecan tree? My con, it's a pecan tree. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Wait a minute. I was a little disappointed. Pecan or pecan? I don't know what the accent would be. It's it's pecan. You should do an Instagram poll. I'm God's brethren. I don't give a shit. I decide. (laughs) I can decide my regional pronunciations. That's by the book, too. It is a it is legitimately a pecan tree. Really? Yep. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, some of them are trees. Some of There's more than one tree? For the incarnates, yeah. Yeah, some of the incarnates huh. are actually trees. Like, almost like a good amount of them. What would happen if you go and, like, eat? Oh, it's, eat a pecan? No, it is, is, when I say is gemstone, it is literally made of gems. It is, oh. it, it, there are pecans of jasper hanging from it. So, like, if you oh. eat it, then you probably die you'd or just something. You'd okay. be eating a rock. Okay. Be, yeah. <laughs> Eat her up. All right, all right. So um, I think Oren just nods and looks at y'all just, all right, well, I'm going to take the gate down. I'll be waiting for you in rural town. You look me up when you get there, all right? Yeah, how, how can we find you when we when we get there? 
Y'all just need to ask. They'll come running for me. Okay, well, um, wish us luck. Um, I mean, you've, you've done this before. Do you have any, uh, any advice? No, really. Just keep looking. Trust me, especially in those dunes. You'll know it when you see it. Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, strong contrast against the sand. And these things, they can be intimidating, but stay strong, stay brave, stay wise. You'll be fine. I mean, are, are they dangerous? Have they, do they attack people? No, 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 nothing like that. She's probably just gonna ask you some questions, that's all. They like to ask for some kind of trials sometimes. But all you gotta do is meet it, get its blessing, move on. All right, well, I hope there's not gonna be a whole lot of wisdom checks. <laughs> I'm gonna be really fucked. <laughs> he starts to move away from you. Good luck. He approaches the sort of doorway, uh, one of one of the many like sort of teleporter doors, uh, which as he approaches the sort of worker there in the white robes, runs her fingers down the edge, whispers a word, the gate flashes with the light, and he takes one last look back at you, tips his straw hat, and steps through. And you stand at the edge of this cliff, at the edge of the steps, moving down and down and down into this vast, vast wilderness. So, Jean, why is it that you don't want to see your speaker? Not your speaker. Your... Yes. Incarnate. Incarnate. You got it. There you go. You figured it out. (laughs) Thank you, Jules. (laughs) No problem, buddy. That's what friends are for. I'm not against it, not necessarily. It's just not important for me. Look, my only objective is to clean up the corruption in Zinda the city-state I come from in Noari. In order to do that, I have certain crimes to report, and I could not get to anybody important enough to talk to until now. But now I'm allowed inside. Now I am basically cornering our speaker. Thanks to you, I have my chance at justice. Finally, justice. Well, I mean, be careful, Jean. Um, I mean, we've seen it here before. Corruption can run really deep and it, it might go all the way up believe me it does <laughs> what that you, was cool you heard it too you heard it too what I do you said it's does it does what I didn't, I didn't do that <laughs> damn it believe me it does it does it does I don't know I like tried to hold off laughing long <laughs> enough to and give then, it a pause. It was yeah. a cool line. It was. It was really yeah. cool. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then we both looked at each other, and we could tell we were holding it in. <laughs> oh God. Yes. 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 Okay. Well, that's. I mean, that's the next challenge. But for now, um, how in the heck are we gonna find this thing? Look at it down there. It's it's enormous. We ain't got anything else to do but just go. He said, well, no. That's all we got. That's all we got. L- luckily, we're uh, pretty decent at walking at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Half the damn campaign. And so I take it you begin to walk yet again? Yes. All right. You begin to move down switchbacking stone steps. And you are high, high up now, so it is a long and dangerous journey down and down and down and down. It's funny, too, because you're moving, like, from, you know, 
where the steps end one way, it starts to get kind of cold and frosty. And as you sort of move back and back and back, maybe like a full mile the other direction as the steps sling down, it gets hotter and hotter until the stone beneath your feet is like baking. It's this, a really long switchback. It's a really long switchback. It's, I mean, these stairs go way. It's, it's, it's like it is a trial in itself to move down. Um, not so much I'm gonna make you roll for it, but it's just, it's just a, a long, long trial. Um, but you do eventually reach the bottom. You step off the stone steps, and you are standing at this strange midpoint where uh, the ground before you is like the sort of stony wasteland, canyons dropping down, and this sort of rugged terrain on the. Uh, east. But then right to the west of you, sand begins to sort of overtake these cannons and just turns into these rolling, giant sort of sandy dunes. Well, I'm uh, pretty sure we're heading for the dunes, right? I think so. Looks pretty, uh, looks pretty hot over there. Alright, let's see how long this takes you. Give me an investigation check as you begin to move deeper in. Uh, as we start moving in, I'm going to touch Zebulon on the shoulder and cast Enhance Ability. Ooh, Ooh, what? So you can choose any number of things. You can choose Bear's Endurance, which gives you advantage on con checks. Also, you gain 2d6 temporary hit points. You can choose Bull Strength, which is advantage on strength checks. Cat's Grace, Dexterity, Eagle Splendor, advantage on Charisma checks, Fox's Cunning, advantage on Intelligence checks, and Owl's Wisdom, advantage on Wisdom checks. Okay. Yeah, let's go with. I mean, I don't. I don't think you have to choose it. Oh, oh, okay. Immediately. Great, excellent. I don't. I don't think so. I think you do choose it immediately. Which one you get? Really? Fuck. Yes, I think you choose one of those options that he keeps. Well, okay. Um, how long does it last? Up to an hour. Wow. Uh, yeah. Let's do. Let's do wisdom. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we're gonna encounter deck stuff or anything like that. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll take uh, oh. some wisdom advantage in it's, case it's, that comes up. It's random as shit, but yeah, hey, 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 I mean, why not? Why not? Thank you. Sixteen. You said that was investigation. Yes. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Uh, do me a quick favor, because you are seeking out this. You're seeking out this gemstone being. So you're kind of looking around trying to spot this sort of larger, I mean, you know what to, you know what color to look for amongst the sand, so right. you're kind of investigating, even looking for maybe, like, tracks here and there. Um, I guess they wouldn't really last. You can see that the wind, a strange fan of wind is blowing constantly through this place, moving the sand, shifting it. I do want you to tell me your passive perception, mostly because this is going to increase it, having advantage for an hour, will increase your passive perception by five. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay, so my passive perception is nine. Okay, so it was currently 14. Not bad. That's a good passive production. Yeah, that's great. Okay, good. Nice. Hi, I'm just rolling. <laughs> <laughs> what you rolling? Oh, no. So you guys move into the desert. You see waves of heat running off of these sands as you begin to climb dune after dune. But I will say, with your check... You find this thing extremely quickly. You okay, that's good, I think. You cross over the top of one of these dunes, and you see it. Yeah, that must be it. It seemed to kind of almost like appear 
at the top of one of these dunes, standing tall, this great turquoise gemstone lion. It's huge. You see, like, great uh, long gems forming this sort of mane around it, all sort of slightly disconnected from each other, sort of hanging around each other, but like some sort of strange sort of magnetic energy just holding this thing in place. Like, half of its form is just invisible. But you see this thing standing tall, staring right towards you. You're the 19 investigation. Correct. It's strange. It feels like the light isn't hitting it quite right. You're not really sure, but it's there. Yeah, I'm not sure what you mean by the light's not hitting it quite right. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's just a weird feeling you get. Like, maybe like certain parts of it should be gleaming brighter in the light, but it's also a faux light. You don't know. Like it looks like, like a glitch or something, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say, is it actually there? It maybe looks like a glitch? A glitch in the Matrix. A glitch in the Matrix? I don't know. It just looks like something's a little bit wrong. That's all. Can I roll something else to dive deeper into this? Hmm. Roll me Arcana. That seems fitting. It's a magical being, right? That's a dirty 20. Dirty 20. Okay. I don't you know what that face is. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. You crossed up this dune. Zebulon. I think maybe you see this thing, and, and, and you're all decent, but you're just kind of moving forward. Jean-Franklin, like, huh, well, that was quite easy. Let's go. And begins to move towards it as well. Jean-Franklin, hold up. You, Jules, just hard up. What? Hold on. You're staring. I don't, I don't think it's that easy. You are staring at this thing. Everyone stops to look at you, and you're staring and staring, and you realize it. Jules. It makes so much sense it would be you, because you have access to illusion magic. And this is an illusion. John, that's, uh, I don't think that's really there. What does that mean? It's an illusion of some sort. Well, who would, who would make an illusion of the, why? I don't know, but I don't trust that. Something's not right. Something's up. How far off is it? Uh, right now, I'll say you crossed the top of one dude. It's about... Oh, we'll say 120 feet away. Uh, another sort of... I mean, there's one dune between you and it. It's sort of standing off. All right. Uh, Zebulon reaches for his short bow. Well, let's see what this illusion's all about. Oh, you better be careful. This might be a test of some sort. Well, it seems like we're... We're passing tests if we figured out it's an illusion. I wouldn't be so sure about that. Shillin, what do you want to do? No fucking clue. <laughs> Well, all right then. And Zeb knocks his arrow and uh, fires an arrow at this illusion. Roll me a attack roll. Um, 13. 13. Um, this is only basically to see if you hit like the space you're shooting at. You watch this arrow moves this illusion and passes through. <laughs> For a second, just like the, the the shape of it begins to like ripple around the arrow as it just briefly moves through it. And as this happens, you hear just behind it a voice say, Fuck! Uh, Zebulon turns around. Ooh, what in the hell? You turn just around. Happened. Oh, come on. And you see two figures moving up behind you. You see one of them. And maybe they're about, they're probably about like be 80 feet away, moving down a dune, moving carefully and stealthily. You see a near 8 foot tall Goliath. 
with a gray, stony skin adorned with marks of swirling darker gray, these sort of giant kin. Um, she's wearing only straps of light leather and a matching leather battle skirt with a thick, battle-weathered wooden club inlaid with a number of smooth stones. This figure is marching towards you, eyes focused. Oh, fuck. You don't recognize him, but you sure as hell recognize the figure next to him. A very familiar goblin. Eyes filled with rage. Shit. Oh, he stops. Oh, oh, oh. He stops moving slow and starts full on, just like <laughs> running towards you. And you hear like, as you like see this, uh, maybe like jumping on turns backs, like it's gone. The illusion <laughs> vanishes. In its place, two figures stand on a dune far off. One of them is this silver-haired uh, elven woman. She's got sort of pale skin. She's got very, very sharp, angular features. Thick robes of white fur adorned with stitchings of purple and orange eyes. She's holding out some sort of antler that she's using as a focus, the points of which are glowing with magical light. You don't recognize her, but again, you do sure as hell recognize the smaller figure beside her. Hair side-combed, wearing this pretty obnoxious sort of mint-colored suit. You see Rune Rusang. And you realize you are surrounded, but you are not quite, like, they're not quite all over you yet. That son of a bitch. Everything stops. The figures behind you, I mean, Trace is like kind of like starting moving. He like sort of halts where he is, watching to see what you're going to do. Um, like I said, they're probably about like 60 feet or so. Uh, they're kind of moving down. They stop about 60 feet. And Rune stands farther away. Like I said, they're, they're, they're pretty far off at this point. Anything you want to say or do? This isn't going to end well, Rune. Why did you have to spoil my fun? Oh, I've been waiting for this. <sighs> Thanks for the footage, man. <laughs> Don't thank me yet, Jules. Don't, he's, he's sort of shouting this with the arms like over his mouth. Don't thank me yet. Tell you what, I'm going to ask you a question. I was going to do it as an incarnate, be all fun and cool, but hey, you know, no worries. We'll do it this way. Where do you start, huh? Where do we start here? Huh? You tell us, because we'll finish it. All right, because I have been thinking, and I have an idea. You see, it is hot out here. Huh? I mean, feel that burn. And I know this is a mockery of real sunlight, but boy, does it feel real, right? I mean, could you imagine crawling your way through the hot sand, roasting in this heat? Because I could, and it would be hell. Which is why, oh yeah. We're going to start by breaking your fucking legs. And we'll call it there. 